Hello, and welcome to the DC Beer Show. I am here, your host, Mike Stein, your co-host, Brandy Holder, but lo and behold, no Jacob Berg. Jacob could not join us. He is uh, live and direct at the beach in Delaware. Brandy, it's Lucky so good duck. to see you here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to the beach. We won't We won't hold it against Jake. We won't hold it against Jordan. We're just happy to be here. Brandy, do you have a cold beverage? I do. Well, it's not really that cold anymore um because I oh, I a room I, temp I cracked it open like an hour and a half ago. Um <laughs> I do. And let me tell you about this beer. It is not local. It's in Pennsylvania. But I accidentally consumed a beer that I was not supposed to consume by myself one night. Um, I was supposed to wait and share this with someone and I drank it. Um, and as soon as I had the first sip, I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this beer is so good. And then I didn't know where I got this beer from. So I blasted on my social it media I was like, hey, where did this beer come from? Who gave this to me? Why is this in my house? And I, I asked Greg, asked everybody, and they're like, well, I don't know. And then Matt was like, oh, yeah, my uh, one of the brewers brought that back for me. I was going to share it with you. And I was like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. So this beer is so freaking good. It is from Brew Gentleman, which is out of Pennsylvania in Pittsburgh, I'm pretty sure, uh, Braddock, Pennsylvania. Um, and this one in particular is called Summertime Squeeze. Look how cute this can is. Um, it's a double IPA made with Citra and Galaxy Hops. It's 8.5. It's, it's a, it's a little cute doozy, but the flavor profile is honestly phenomenal. Um, and I, I don't actively seek out double IPAs. I mean, I'd like them obviously, but I opened the fridge. I was like, "Hell yeah, this is this is this is it!" So huge shout out to Brew Gentlemen. You guys are awesome. Stein, nothing finer than a Steiner. Uh, what's in your Stein? <laughs> I am drinking Atlas Brewworks La Saison de Brett. Oh, I love La that. La Saison de Brett. Oh wait, which one? What's um, the difference between I, the Brett and the Fet? Le, the Fet? No, Fet. The, so. Fet the I, yeah, Saison de Fet, formerly known as, I think now, La Saison de Brett. Ah, okay. Um, and the reason it's La Saison de Brett is because it has Britannomyces in it on purpose. Now, Britannomyces doesn't make a beer sour, but this beer is definitely sour. Not crazy sour, just wonderfully um, funky alongside its funkiness is its sourness. Um, I have to give a shout out to Sean P, who is uh, QAQC over at Atlas. I saw him last week. He hooked me up with this bottle. Um, so full disclosure, this bottle was was on the house. Uh, Sean coughed up for it. And I would absolutely shell out for this bottle. If I had this beer from another brewery, I'd be willing to pay like, you know, 20, 20 bucks a bottle for this would seem reasonable to me. It's a wonderfully balanced beer. I think it's I think it's got a couple years on it. Um, Sean's been doing quality control, quality assurance for Atlas for a while now. And he's got a few um, sour uh, blends that he blends into beers, like a light sour and a dark sour. 
And I had uh, Enemy Lions last night, which was a wonderful sour table beer. So that was like the blonde sour. This is like the darker sour. And it's just absolutely smashing. I've had Saison de Fet. This, to me, La Saison de Brett, is the best it's ever been. Um, 7.1 ABV, just wonderfully tart. It's just a stunner. Absolutely dynamite beer. So check out some of Atlas's sour beers if you haven't had a chance to try them. Um, the Honey Saison, Enemy Lines, La Saison de Brett, they're all just absolutely stellar right now. So, Brandy, I want to get out to Landmade Beer. You talked to not one, not two, but three interviewees from Landmade Beer. I'm super excited to get into this interview. Let's get into it. Set us up. What should we expect with Landmade Beer? I gave a little intro right before the, the interview, but they are making some really fantastic beer and it's i cannot wait to go out there they were speaking all kinds of mike stein um word porn um mm. with all the beers that they make so <laughs> um yeah so li listen in on this uh, podcast once you're done you are going to schedule to go out there literally the following weekend um so yeah check it out This week's guests are from a brewery you may not have heard about. If it wasn't for the Maryland Craft Beer Festival in Frederick in May, back in May, it would have taken me a while to catch up on the new brew news. I overheard some folks at the festival raving about an Italian pilsner, so I followed their directions, probably little buzz directions, but I found the tent and Landmade was the beer tent. Um, all of the DC beer crew, obviously including myself, um, that had the beer, the Italian Pilsner, all agreed it was one of the best beers of the entire event. So clearly we had to have you guys on. I'm excited to introduce all of our listeners to three fellas from Landade Beer, located in Poolsville, Maryland. We have Gabe Scott, one of the owners of Landmade, as well as head brewers Matt and Kyle. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> so Take turns, but tell the listeners a bit about about yourselves before we dive into the brewery and your beers and stuff. So how long have you guys been in the beer industry? Gabe, why did you decide to open a brewery? How long have you been brewing, Kyle and Matt? So I uh, born and raised in Montgomery County. So super, super happy to be back and uh, brewing in Montgomery County, uh, especially at a farm brewery, uh, which is where I wanted to end up since getting into brewing. Um, it's brewing is something that kind of was a natural progression for me. I was always into cooking, really into food since a young age. So uh, once, you know, I was of age, I uh, started home brewing and started home brewing a lot uh, and really never looked back. Um, so I uh, started my career at Flying Dog uh, went down to a smaller place in uh, Northern Virginia and then uh, hopped back up to Maryland and uh, I'm here at Landmade. Yeah, my story is not so dissimilar from Matt, except that I grew up in upstate New York. Um, you know, kind of was always into not drinking macro beer, even from a, you know, a younger age. 
And I decided to pick up and move to California one day and beer was really cool out there. And it was just uh, a natural progression to, to love craft. And uh, yeah, picked up a homebrew kit while I was out there and the rest is kind of history. By the time I made it back to New York, things were, things were pretty cool there again. And, um, you know, some, some buddies of mine had grown in the homebrew industry and, and opened a spot called Hudson Valley Brewery. And so I, uh, I got my start with, with Mike and those guys over there. And it was a really, really great experience learning from some good brewers. And then I took over a small brewery called Bacchus for a few years and made a trek to Charleston, South Carolina. And then, uh, Got a text from Gabe at like 8 p.m. on a Tuesday about a random farm brewery, and here I am. Man, you've been all over, and everyone starts out micro or home brewing. So that's, you know, obviously that's everyone's story. So Gabe, how (laughs) do you know these guys, and why were you texting Kyle uh, to come brew for you? I just wanted to know if he was up or not. But but really, it's with Kyle. It's a funny story because I was consulting for a brewery in upstate New York, uh, and then my wife, who's from Maryland, I'm from. I grew up in New Jersey, but lived in New York uh, for to, you know almost twenty years. Um, my wife wanted was ready to kind of go back to Maryland, and I think part of the you know of part of that deal was that we'd be able to uh, extend you know our our life down there. And, and that was with hospitality and, you know, her parents bought a, bought the farm, you know, eight years ago, it's a 200 acre property. Uh, and so we rent, you know, 50 acres or so from them. And so that kind of was a natural progression to extend our hospitality and open a farm brewery, which is something that, you know, my friends and I had been talking about for a long time, you know, but everything kind of matches up the way it's supposed to, I think in the end. And so with consulting for this brewery in upstate New York, uh, I had reached out to the head brewer there and asked him if he knew of anybody. And he recommended Kyle, gave me Kyle's number. I texted Kyle once and I was like, hey, I uh, got your number from Matt. And he blah, 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 blah. Kyle never responded. And so like a couple weeks later. He ghosted you. <laughs> I, I reached out to Matt and I was like, hey, dude, just I hate to bother you. But I reached out to that guy, Kyle. He gave me his number. He never followed up. He's like, man, that's really weird. Are you sure you had the right number? I'm like, dude, I'm positive. I would never mess that up. He goes, what number are you texting? And I and I told him. He's like, yeah, you're like one digit off, man. <laughs> so I, so I so I was off. I was trying to chat with another person about a brewery. Who never responded. And Wonder finally, I got the, the number right. <laughs> we gotta find out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, and then finally, got the number right. Got in touch with Kyle. Um, and prior to chatting with Kyle, Matt and I had been in touch. Um, you know, via email a lot. Matt visited the farm. Uh, I, when was that? When was the first time you visited Matt? Was it in March? I think the first week of February 2021. Yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense. And Matt was like a little shell shocked because, like, it's you could tell that this is exactly what he wanted to do, but like he probably thought that we were full of shit in our plans of like where we wanted to take this thing. Um, but like you could see it in him that like this is exactly what he wanted, and I was really pumped after we met. Um, Matt was like riding high because, and I'm not actually busting his balls right now, but he was riding really high because he had just won an award uh, with his previous brewery, um, and he he brought that for us to try. And uh, so I was really excited to have that lo- local, uh, you know, per- personality, someone who was very into like foraging and into the the elements, and and Kyle who you know, I connected with on a multitude of levels, both like in our music taste and 
the upstate New York factor of things. Um, you know, we, we had a lot of similar, we had a lot of, you know, mutual friends without really, without ever knowing each other kind of stuff and mutual connections. And when I met both of them, it definitely wasn't the plan to have two brewers, but when I met both of them, I knew that they would, uh, that they would like each other. Um, but I also knew that they would be a really great fit for what we were trying to do. And they, I think they complement each other really, really nicely. And, uh, I know I tell them probably not as much as I should, but I do say it often. They, they were troopers in the beginning. We had a lot of, you know, delays and kind of hiccups in our process because of, um, you know, not to blame COVID or supply chain, but COVID and supply chain and, you know, family dynamics and that kind of stuff, you know, and, you know, they were always willing to do everything from pick weeds, mow the lawn to, you know, uh, pilot uh, cider with our culinary apples to homebrew to forage and make botanicals. So like they were always up to, you know, up to whatever was there to get us to the, to the finish line. And so we're obviously forever, you know, indebted to them and we love having them. They're, they're part of our family essentially. And, you know, we're excited for what's, what's the come of that. Real Renaissance men, I hear. It's good to, it's good to know they it, still exist. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a crazy, crazy dynamic group. We have a lot of really interesting personalities on the team and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really unique. Everybody's really willing to do whatever it takes to kind of get this, you know, to, to get things moving all the time. And, and it's, it's a really, really, we're, we're all really lucky to, to have this. So how long has Landmade been open to the public for beers, beer consumption? Landmade has been open since February 11th. So uh, pretty soon we'll be coming in on six months. That's such a short amount of time because, and you, and usually when the DC beer crew, we know breweries that are going to open before they open. I live in DC. Most of us live in DC. So we sometimes don't keep track of all the Maryland breweries, but with how fantastic your beer is, I feel like we should have, you know, had a little birdie in our ear telling us about, you know, what was going on, especially with your, with your nice space. Um, so it hasn't been that long, but you are already crushing the beers, which is not, you don't see that very often. So cheers and kudos to that. Um, speaking yeah, of you. beer, the important subject. <laughs> what beers do you currently have on? What styles? How many? What What should folks expect when they visit Landmade beer-wise? People should expect a lot of lager beer. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of what we, we based our, our whole program around. Maybe, you know, to the detriment of smart business ideas, but, you know, we, we like lager beer and we, uh, we're making a lot of it. So right now we have a couple of different Czech lagers on, a, a 10 Plato Czech Pils, a Czech Dark Lager, that Italian Pils that you gave a great introduction of. We have a Grodzicki on, which is a smoked wheat lager, which also probably poor He's business choice. Heart. But, you know, <laughs> we like to do weird stuff. And then we have a couple of really nice oak fooders that we got from Fooder Crafters. And we're doing some fooder lagers, and uh, we have a fooder English pub ale on as well. And um, we have one flagship pale ale that um, is using mostly German hops, and um, everything in that is also, uh, what, Virginia-grown barley? Yeah. And then, you know, we're building out our farmhouse program and, and hoping to roll some of that stuff out later this year. 
that's what we're we're super excited about at this point. That sounds phenomenal. You just spoke all the beer porn to Mike Stein, aka Lost Loggers. He is a logger aficionado um, and is a beer historian. So he is the logger man, and everyone at DC Beer loves smoked beer. We love Rosh beer. We like we. It's and it's we get so angry and yell at other breweries for never making them. I'm like, are we crazy? Are we the only people who like smoke beers? But I guess not. So yay! Cannot wait to visit. <laughs> A few of my friends actually have been to Landmade and posted some pictures. Very jealous. But it looks breathtaking. Can you explain? Can you describe your space? You know, I know that it's huge, but um, I'm assuming you have like event space there and. Um, if there's a lot of outdoor seating, I assume. Yeah. So, um, landmates in Poolsville, um, we are right off of 28. So not, not downtown Poolsville, but close enough. Uh, you'll roll into the parking lots, uh, fairly large gravel and grass parking lot. And then, uh, you'll walk up through our arch and it's probably about a 200 foot walk into our tasting room. Uh, through our fields where we have picnic tables, cornhole, Adirondack chairs. And the brewery itself is in uh, an old dairy building. Um, And even just a year and a half ago, it was used as a pasture with a dirt floor. And there were goats and chickens um, and sheep hanging out in there. Do you still Um, have goats and chickens somewhere else on the farm? We do have goats and chickens somewhere else on the farm. as you are walking up to the left, we do have five donkeys uh, that are uh, hanging out and grazing and uh, mowing the grass. You know, very curious and very curious and nice, and we'll often walk up to uh, guests. I sure you. I'm sure you just got a lot of people interested in visiting your brewery now because <laughs> people like wild well semi wild animals. So <laughs> and. Uh, uh, you know, talking more about the view directly next to our parking lot and in full view of uh, our seating area, we have um, ooh, quite a few peaches, uh, around 10 acres of peaches. Um, they're all gnarly trees, really gorgeous. Um, uh, and it's the, the star for our peach farmhouse sale, which will be coming out uh, in, you know, hopefully a few weeks, maybe a month or so. Um uh, and then other than that, it's it's a very classic farm aesthetic. I mean, beautiful, old, um, elegant farm buildings, all painted white. And you have events there? So if some, I, I mean, I don't live out in, out there. That seems like a really far away place uh, right now to me. But um, if I wanted to come, should I come on a certain night? Do you have like trivia? Do you have shows? Or are you just rocking out the beer? We're not doing events currently, like those those sort of like nightly events. We do have live music on the weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays. Sweet. Um, I think part part of our kind of, you know, back to your original point of like, you guys should have known about us. We, we definitely ran into a lot of timing and logistic errors and opening like everybody else does. So we kind of, um, everything was done on the fly as far as like planning and leading up to it because we didn't want our bubble, our introductory bubble to burst. So instead we thought if we opened during a slower time and, you know, the dead of winter in February, that it would allow us to kind of like get some of our hiccups out and, um, 
you know, get ready for the spring. And I think that that definitely worked to our advantage, but, you know, we are, uh, trying to, you know, we, the, the farm is on a rustic road. Um, and so there's a lot of sense and we are in the ag reserve. So there's a lot of sensitivity to preservation, which we're all for, and we're trying to do our best in preserving the farmland in, in the use that we're giving it. Um, so we're, you know, we've been sensitive to noise and things like that. So, you know, we limit our live music stuff on the weekends to three hour windows. And I think as people get more familiar with us and what we're really trying to do and how we're really trying to be a part of the community, we'll definitely roll out more of those, you know, trivia night type stuff if it, if it fits within what we're trying to do. Um, but in the meantime, we're focusing a lot on like, food and beverage driven activations like on weekends like on august 19th we're doing a, a blue crabs and bluegrass event um that you know from on friday night from five to close and we got a really cool uh bluegrass band coming from virginia or from, i don't know these guys are from dc actually and you know we previously did a seafood boil we did a, a really cool barbecue event we did a traditional coal service night in our beer garden. I saw that on your Instagrams. Yes. I wanted to go. That looked so cool. It was really fun. The Kolsch has been a really, really big hit for everybody, even post that event. Uh, but we brought in like a traditional German polka band, um, and our culinary team put together awesome, you know, German fair. So we're trying to get more, you know, our events will definitely be more food and beverage driven versus just like, a you know, let's drive people in and do bingo for the night. Uh, as fun as that is, um, we want people to experience, you know, the highest level of hospitality that we can offer, um, in, in our space. Yeah. I was actually going to ask about food next because, you know, I like, I think I like food more than beer, honestly. Um, says the person that just scarfed down chicken wings right before the interview. Um, so, uh, I wanted to ask for myself and the listeners, the most important question, how do we get your beer other than going out to Poolsville, because we all want to, it's a bit of a drive, but how can we as DC Washingtonians get landmade beer? Drive out to Poolsville. <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I will say, I think the beer tastes better on the farm. Well, yes, <laughs> obviously. Yes. Do you guys can or? Uh, we do can. We, we can uh, a selection of the beers that we have to offer right now in in stock we have lily our italian pilsner and uh, ziggy our pale ale um, next week we will be canning betsy which is our fooder aged italian pilsner julie our czech pale lager and uh, ewing our dark lager uh before we bid you adieu i want you guys to give the audience any bit of fun information or what you think that everyone should know, what you're the most proud of from your brewery? Yeah, I want to touch on one thing I think we haven't talked about so far is that we're so heavily agriculturally involved. Uh, we have a produce garden, which is incredible, all compost, all, you know, very labor intensive gardening practices. And uh, we're using that produce in our food and really only hope to grow that even further. Um, on top of that, we're really heavy with local ingredients in our food as well as our beer. Um, and we use local malts, local hops, wherever we can, and as much as we can, uh, pushing the local scene forward and supporting local from both a guest standpoint and uh, from our vendors is really important to us. 
Well, I mean, the easy answer is that I'm super proud of Julie, but that's kind of the lame answer to be proud of one of the beers. That's not lame. You should be proud of your your baby, your beer baby. Oh my uh, god, we are. It's just it's the easy way out, you know. Yeah. No, we we are. I think all collectively, like really, really, really stoked on being very regenerative as far as our property goes and sustainable, and trying to become a very closed loop thing where there isn't really any waste and we don't do any harm to the environment. I mean, breweries are not exactly the greenest thing out there and, and we're trying to change the perception of that, um, you know, one, one day at a time. I love that. I love that the people who have had your beer love it and have nothing but good things to say about it. And you guys are not even six months old. And I think that whoever is going to visit is go- they're going to have a phenomenal time physically, aesthetically, and um, their taste buds are going to have a blast. So thank you guys for coming on. And I will be out there very, very, very soon, I promise. And I will bring beer back for everybody. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Gabe. Everyone, all of my listeners, go and check out Landmade Beer out in Poolsville. They're you can have a little road trip and it'll be well worth your time. Cheers. Thanks, Brandy. Well, special shout out to Landmade Beer. We are so excited to get over to Maryland, have some some Czech beers, some German stock, Czech ingredient, German ingredients. Oh my God, Brandy. I told Firing you. Firing on all cylinders. <laughs> I mean, w- when lager is your love language, you can't not hear that and just be absolutely interested in what's going on at, at Landmade Beer. Super pumped for that. Um, speaking of things we're pumped for, we saw Snally Gaster tickets go on sale. We're going to Snally. We're super pumped to see. Um, there's going to be a lot of returning breweries. There'll be some new breweries, of course, uh, folks we've never seen poured in the district before because that's what our main man tim lou does that's what our homie greg engert does we're super pumped um to see that brandy what else are you excited for coming up in the next few weeks next couple of months yeah and i will touch on what you just said about bringing in new breweries that people may not have heard of um and that's kind of how i met the landmade people at the maryland craft beer festival but um, at Snally, you know, a lot of a lot of Snally people who go every year, me being one of them, but a lot of my other friends, they make a beeline to like the most popular hype brewery tents that they don't often get to have. But really for me, the cream of the crop, the the gems of this of Snally are these breweries that I've never heard of and then I won't be able to get to. Um, last Nally, there was a brewery from my home state, North Carolina, and I was blown away. I never even heard of this brewery. And I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. So folks, Snally tickets went on sale this Monday, this past Monday. Um, so make sure you grab your tickets because especially now with the where it is now, the location is so picture worthy. Um, there's, it's so spacious. It's so, yes, it does get, still get crowded because there are a lot of people there, but it's not in a cramped location. You're on, you know, pencil, you get to see all the monuments. It's, it's really cool. Um, 
So make sure you check out Snally. So um, I'll be there. So if you see me, be like, Brittany, what up? Mike Stein, have you checked out our new website? That's what I'm most jazzed about. Oh, my God. What? DCbeer.com. What a sexy beast it is. Mm. Holy guacamole. Shout out to Proof Creative for creating a wonderful new space. Um, check out DCbeer.com if you have not seen our new website. Thanks, Tom. Hella pumped for that. Thanks, Tom. Um, I'm also super excited. Uh, the DC Homebrewers are going to be at City State on oh, yeah. Wednesday, August 10th. So they're going to be there. Uh, 6 to 10 p.m. is the meeting on Wednesday, August 10th. Their theme is lawnmower beers. So, you know, those are my two favorite things. Lager and beers that are under 5% ABV. Perfect. Like, oh, my God. This is, this is the meeting for me. Um, I'll definitely be there. So, yeah. 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 City State on Wednesday. I know DC Beer Fam. I know that we're down a couple of breweries here in DC. You know, don't get too down and out about it. We still have our, our a lot of other ones. Um, you know, Jeff has stepped down from Brow, but Brow's still going strong. He's he's pursuing his uh, marijuana, which I respect and I love you. Shout out to Jeff and Mari. Yeah, check out dcbeer.com to see uh, the story that we broke about DC Brow ownership. But support our our giants of the industry, DC Brow, Port City, all of those who have been there, you know, since 2011. Check in on your favorites. Go give them your business. Absolutely. Exactly. And then if you want to be invited to future beer shares, we're going to be kind of changing it up. So make sure that you, A, subscribe to our newsletter um, through our website, but we're going to be doing like limited event tickets, like free tickets, obviously, um, to the beer shares. Um, so keep an eye out. They're super popular and very, very, very fun. Um, and uh, there are some new, oh, oh, wait, I mentioned that last time that Nicole from uh, Red Bear won a, an award. So I just I want to shout out to all the really great beer makers, Meth. Our beloved meth from Three Stars is over at Atlas now, speaking of Atlas. So, yeah, cheers. Atlas got a good one. They they snagged the that one. That was yeah. smart. They're smart cookies on that one, buddy. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Support Nicole by Red Bear Beer. Support meth by Atlas Beer. And we will see you if you want to see us. Send us a DM. Email editor at dcbeer.com. Come to our next share. Or we'll see you on Pennsylvania Ave at Snallygaster. Hell yeah. Cheers, Stein. All right, DC Beer fam. Cheers, Brandy. Cheers, fam. Cheers.